This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross joining you, priests from the Diocese of Fargo. A reminder that uh, most every Saturday, we have encore presentations of the weekday Real Presence Live programs, uh, which uh, air in order of the days of the week in which they air, beginning at 6 a.m. Central Time, 5 a.m. Mountain Time. So please keep that in mind in case you uh, haven't been able to um, listen to a particular day's broadcast, or if you want to catch a certain segment again, that's a, a handy way to do that. What we have with us, um, which is only appropriate, I guess, is we are the unofficial host uh, interviewers, you might say, for our uh, dear friend uh, Bishop Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Oh, thank you, Father. It is a blessing, and I always look forward uh, to these conversations. It's You're mutual, always very mutual. good to me, and <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity to share some hopeful news. Fantastic, and and certainly that's what uh, we need these days. Um, we'd like to just jump right in here. Uh, a little over a week ago was Election Day, but um, what's happening is that in these days through, we're hearing about lawsuits and, and uh, a call for investigations to make sure that everything in various parts of the country was on the up and up, then uh, it, it can become a, a pretty divisive uh, exercise, you know, with a lot of different parts of, uh, a lot of different parts of the country. So we wanted to hear about your perspective, of course, not on a political sense, but um, as a shepherd of the church, when we are in uh, a moment like this uh, after the presidential elections in the United States, what uh, advice would you have, Bishop, for a Catholic's role during um, kind of a tumultuous time like this? That's really, um, really an important question, and it's one that uh, I've been praying over and giving uh, it to the Lord regularly in prayer to say, Lord, what is it you're asking of us, particularly as bishops? Uh, I think it's important that uh, as this political system uh, goes through um, a transition, as well as uh, challenges to the outcome, it causes an unsettledness and anxiety among people. I think it's important that we direct uh, ourselves back to the providence of God, that the Lord is with us. He's in our midst. He has not abandoned us. In fact, he is always with us. So I think it's important to keep a a hopefulness. The second thing uh, I keep bringing up is uh, we need good people to run for office. And when we don't find that the leadership that is either in office or is coming into office doesn't reflect our values and our beliefs, well, maybe it's time we've got to encourage people who do to step up. Maybe it is time for us to take more seriously our role as Catholics and uh, our role be involved in the public square. So, what I'm kind of keep uh, encouraging is we trust in God. God is with us. We're not abandoned. But also, we need to start looking at a better future by developing better leadership. So, uh, Bishop Quinn, this is Father Leffer. Um, <clears throat> so I was listening recently to, I, I think it was like 
EWTN Nightly News or something like that, but it was off the Catholic radio. And they were giving, and again, I don't know how they have these statistics because I didn't think everything was tabulated yet, but they, they have statistics on Catholics and how Catholics voted and so forth. And there, there was one that they said that really struck me as a priest and it got me just, you know, just kind of wondering here on a much deeper level. So, so the basic statistic goes something like this. Um, if you're a regular mass goer, if you attend mass on a regular basis, meaning, you know, every week or at least, you know, two, three times a month, um, you voted for one candidate. And if you're self-identified as a Catholic who maybe goes to Easter or Christmas, you voted for another candidate. So that, I mean, that, that really struck me deeply, like, as a priest. So my question to you is, like, what kind of counsel would you give to we priests, like Father Gross and myself? What is it that we... What's our responsibility in that kind of a division? And then also to the laity. I mean, it seems like there's maybe a twofold answer to this, or maybe thoughts on it. What, I mean, how does that strike you as a bishop and a shepherd when our church is divided that way? And what, maybe on a practical level, what, what should we be attempting to do? Or how do we, it just, it just seems like the, we can't exist with a division like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to be hopeless. I'm trying to be hopeful in it. But I'm looking sure. for some bright light that we could, we could <laughs> apply to this dark situation. Well, I, I think what you're, you're asking is that question about how do we bring our faith uh, into our political process? In other words, how do we bring our beliefs into uh, not only how we vote for people, but why we vote for them, and that our faith should not be left outside the voting booth, but also not only should it come into the voting booth with us, but it should also come in in who we encourage and recruit, and as Catholics, you know, push forward. In other words, to uh, really have candidates that reflect much more uh, the values about life and uh, life beginning and, and conception, the importance of our service for the poor. But all of those issues begin with the life of the unborn. I think that right now uh, we don't seem to have a lot of pro-life people in one of the parties. And I think that's uh, an obligation. And there should be a people who either represent it in such a way that that party has to start including those voices. Remember, the, the political processes are the people. And I just want to keep encouraging. I, I teach at St. Mary's University, and, you know, our seniors every year, I have some of them in class, and I will say to them, who is going to run for office here? You know, who's going to take what you've learned here with us and bring it out into the public square? And uh, I know there's a reluctance because politics doesn't have a good reputation. But then if it doesn't, then let's change it. Exactly. So we are visiting with Bishop Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester in Minnesota. And uh, another thing that um, uh, we wanted to ask you about, and I guess uh, just speaking for myself, I know I probably don't speak uh, publicly, whether in homilies or elsewhere, about the gaining of indulgences as much as I could or I ought to. We uh, celebrated All Saints Day, which happened to land on a Sunday a week and a half ago. November 1st was a Sunday. And um, we understand 
understand that you'd like to remind the faithful about uh, some of the uh, indulgences that the Catholic Church offers to the faithful in light of this feast. So if you could just um, speak uh, briefly about maybe a little primer about uh, the importance of um, uh, indulgences in, in the Catholic life and particularly for that solemnity of All Saints Day. I think the, what the, the beauty of indulgences is that that process of God's mercy breaking into our life is one that continues even after death. It's not uh, always completed. In other words, I may not be ready to be in God's presence at the end of my life. And indulgence, uh, purgatory, all of these are ways in which extend for us God's mercy and his love for us and his desire to have us united uh, with him, with the triune God for all eternity. So indulgences are really about purification. They are about preparing the soul to be in the presence of God. And it reminds us that the communion of saints, that just as our lives are interconnected here in this world, they are also with those who have died and gone before us. The saints, but also those who are, are going to be in God's presence, but aren't yet purified enough. And indulgence reminds us we can pray for, have an impact on those souls. So the Holy See, the office for the sacred penitentiary, has extended indulgences uh, throughout this month of November for the holy souls, and not just on the day of all souls or within an octave of that. So here's an opportunity for us to assist our family members, our loved ones, priests and religious who have helped us in our faith, who have been so good to us. These indulgences are ways that we stay connected, but we assist them and draw from the treasury of the Church, which is Jesus Christ, and his infinite merit of redemption before the Father. So, um, Bishop Quinn, could you clarify? I know, <clears throat> talking with a couple of brother priests, there there was a little confusion on it, the way it was worded. Um, it, the, it, they extended it through the whole month of November, but we couldn't quite, by reading it, we couldn't quite figure out if it meant that just one other time during the month of November, or is it like the octave where it could be on a daily basis? Do, do you know? Uh, I, sure? I would just say the way I read it, was that normally it would be, say, on the Day of All Souls or the Octave. My understanding is that they extended it through the month of November, which is the month of the Holy Souls, so that it would be more available. And and is that like a one-time, like you can do it for for just one indulgence? No, I think... uh, because we also we know that uh, there's nothing magical about it. Right. It's, it's God who grants this favor to the souls. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's uh, something that a person can, uh, again, uh, if they've uh, prayed for somebody, they can do it a second time or a third time. Remember, there's nothing magical about it. It's uh, God's love for us and our intent in obtaining this indulgence. And, and could you just remind our listeners, what, what are the basic requirements to obtain the indulgence? Like, what's the, the pious act, and then, and then what, what do they need to, to do to fulfill uh, what's asked of them? 
They usually, in fact, uh, uh, I would say if they would uh, go online to be sure that there isn't something specific with these uh, November, uh, you know, gifts that the Holy See is uh, providing, gifts of grace, you know. But usually it means confession and Holy Communion um, that uh, we make an act of contrition in our own life of true sorrow for sins. And then we offer these prayers for the soul of the person whom we are trying to gain for this plenary indulgence. So I would say go on the website to get it uh, in its complete form, but it really has to do with opening my heart to God's mercy and to be as uh, um, sorrowful for my sins as I can be and then fulfill those requirements of trying to lead, again, a holy life. And does that, it, you have the option of either offering it for your own soul or the soul of somebody who's deceased, is that correct? That's my understanding. Okay, very right, good. Very right. good. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left here, Bishop, uh, but we know that uh, you wanted to mention something about an important uh, celebration coming up in the church as we are nearing the end of the season of Ordinary Time. A week and a half, we will be celebrating on Sunday the 22nd uh, the Solemnity of Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, I guess that's the official title, with the um, revised Roman Missal. Um, would you like to share with us uh, some thoughts as you're looking ahead to that celebration? celebration this year? Yes, I really think that given the uh, political situation that we face in our country, and uh, there's so much unsettled about it and worry about the future and where things may be going or not going, I think also with COVID-19 and all the protocols and in some states, the increase in the number of cases, it's really important to look to Christ, the King of the universe that we are in his hands, it is his kingdom, and he will continue to be faithful to us. His kingship cannot be altered by any of the events that take place in history or in our culture. So it's an opportunity for us to once again put our lives into the hands of Christ the King, and not to allow fear or darkness or anxiety to rule our lives, but let Jesus Christ reign over our hearts, over our church, over our world, the whole universe. So I think it's a beautiful time of hope for us, but also that we are reminded of the fidelity of God. The victory over sin and death is is complete. It cannot be reversed, and that's why we see him as a king reigning from the cross. By his passion, death, and resurrection, he has changed history, all of life, and it cannot be defeated. I I know last year on the Feast of Christ the King, I had this particular inspiration that came to me that it proved very fruitful in my own life and others I shared it with. So, and it was this, the thought came to me or the idea was that, you know, if Jesus is the king of the universe, 
then it means he's got to be the king of everything else as well. So if he's the king of the universe, then he's the king of this particular thing I'm struggling with, or this particular situation, or this. So literally, it was this inspiration to take him from being the king of the universe into every little practical detail. Right. Nothing's uh, outside the, of his realm. Exactly. Like, instead of like, like, yeah, yeah, on the one side, you, you worship him as the king of the universe, which is pretty awesome. But then it also means he's he's the king of me getting my laundry folded, for example. You know, I mean, it sounds silly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's all the way down to that very practical sure. level. And and somehow it was this huge comfort for me, you know, just to think well, about it that. Is, and and it, and that's where our security is found. Uh, that he is king of the universe, and he's king of every every action in my life. And that's important too to make sure our actions show that we are his subjects, and that. He is truly king, uh, and that what we offer him each day as his subjects uh, comes from love and our willingness to follow him as the king throughout our day. So that's really important, but especially in these very uncertain times, um, times that people are beginning in some, time, some situations to lose some hope. Uh, mm. Christ is king. And he is never going to be defeated in his kingdom, which, as he reminds us, is not an earthly kingdom. It's not with soldiers and with war and all. It's his presence and our connectedness to him, and he reigns over this universe. Very good. Well, as we are uh, wrapping up our time today, Bishop, would you be so good as to offer us and our listeners a blessing? I certainly will. And again, thank you for having me today, and especially this month of All Souls, that we are conscious of the connectedness we have with our beloved dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that as we go to a cemetery or pass by, that they are places of hope. Uh, the grave isn't the end. Uh, Christ assures us he's the resurrection. Okay. So, gracious Father, Pour out your blessing upon us, all of our listeners today, as we are united as beloved sons and daughters of the Father in Jesus Christ. And as the Holy Spirit continues to send us on mission, comfort us, Lord, in these days of anxiety, heal us, but most of all, keep us faithful to you so that your kingdom may be proclaimed by every action that we perform. And may the Eucharist be the source of our strength and our love for you as you nourish us on our pilgrim way. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. 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 Bishop John Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota, thanks so much for taking time to visit with us today. Blessings to you and uh, the folks of your diocese. Thank you. And God bless you, and thank you always for welcoming me and allowing me to uh, be part, I hope, of the good news of Jesus Christ that you do so well at Real Presence Radio. Thank you, absolutely. Well, we have one more segment coming up on the other side of this break where we'll have some final comments and a preview of the next Real Presence Live program. And this, uh, this is Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. We'll be right back.
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You may know that suicide rates are skyrocketing, but do you know why? I'm Father Chris Alar. While suicide is often related to depression, the effects and causes are different. For example, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and substance abuse are likely effects of depression, whereas purposelessness and hopelessness are the causes of depression. And if you don't see any purpose in life, you will have no hope. In a world that says happiness is found only in sex, money, and power, you will never be completely satisfied. There is only one thing that can bring true happiness, and without it, you will fall into depression and despair. So to find this hope, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost, and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to our final segment of Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross joining you from our Grand Forks studios. As we uh, kind of wrap things up, I wanted to share something that I uh, read recently that I thought was uh, quite profound. I uh, subscribe to a religious journal called First Things, and uh, admittedly what often happens is that I'm about uh, one or two issues behind. <laughs> you know, By the time I get to it, it's like the next one or two have come and to download and to try to catch up. Well, back in the fall, Fall. Um, well, last month, actually, we not only had the um, memorial of Pope St. John Paul II, but there was a celebration this year of the centenary of his birth from 1920. And uh, a man whom we had the uh, honor of interviewing uh, s- several months ago, George Weigel, uh, wrote an article reflecting upon um, the impact and the meaning of his pontificate. And the theme that he kind of draws from in terms of looking at some main focal points of his pontificate was a series of um, uh, lectures or um, a study 
probably akin to what happened later on with Theology of the Body in looking at chapter 17 of Acts of the Apostles and Paul's appearance to Athens, where he is preaching in the Areopagus, and he's trying to convince this people of a religious temperament that Jesus is the one we are longing for, and uh, that, that ultimately, you know, the one true God is what what they are longing for and have not yet uh, discovered. So I just wanted to read a brief excerpt from this article um, with a, a heading from Vatican II to the New Evangelization. And uh, George Weigel is speaking about um, uh, John Paul II, and he uses his surname of Wojtyla. Um, so he says, quote, Wojtyla's meditations about Athens, quote, extensively from the documents of the Second Vatican Council, which, like the Second World War, was a decisive experience for him. Vatican II was many things to Wojtyla. It was a second graduate-level education in theology, an encounter with new thinkers and ideas. It was a bracing first experience of the Christians of the developing world. The spontaneity and clarity of faith of the African bishops at the council left a deep impression on Wojtyla, and senior African churchmen, often first or second generation Christians, were to play prominent roles in his pontificate. Perhaps above all, Wojtyla lived Vatican II as what uh, Pope St. John XXIII intended it to be, a new experience of Pentecost, from which the Church would enter its third millennium with revitalized evangelical zeal and a new passion for mission. Weigel goes on to say that in his apostolic letter, closing the great Jubilee of 2000, John Paul adopted an image from the fifth chapter of Luke's Gospel and summoned the Church to put out into the deep. And I like this uh, particular phrase, to leave the shallow, brackish waters of institutional maintenance in order to make a great catch, not of fish, but of souls. So I just recommend to people, uh, I'm sure on firstthings.com that uh, article is available, and I would recommend people look that up for their own reference. So before we wrap things up today, we need to hear about a preview of tomorrow's show as we turn things over to Therese over at uh, Command Central. Thank you, Father. So on our next Real Presence Live tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, hosts Father Kyle Metzger and Roxanne Solonen will be coming to you live from the Fargo studio. Tune in for the first part of the Shepherding Them Home series with Deacon Mark Creechy. Then Peggy Bowman will share about the miracles in her life. And call in at 877-795-0122 to recognize or remember your priest. All that and much more will be coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Therese. And uh, in these final moments of the show today, I'm just thinking ahead. Tomorrow is an important memorial for the church in the United States of uh, St. Mother Cabrini, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. One of my favorite stories about her is that as a little girl in Italy, one of the things that she would do is she would take pieces of paper and fold them into like little boats or canoes and then set them on a stream down, you know, floating downstream and pretend that she was sailing on mission to China in order to bring the gospel to the peoples of Asia. You know, another trivia thing about her? She was incredibly seasick, and she got deathly ill every time she got on the ship. And she did it over, like, 27 times she sailed across the Yes, so she was born, I believe, in 1850, died in 1917. This is before the time of commercial aviation, which might have alleviated those problems considerably. (laughs) 
<laughs> so as we come down to these last few moments, if you'd want to open, uh, close uh, with, with a prayer for us, Father. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to, to the, the Son, Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God be praised, word incarnate in our hearts, our minds. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, folks, for joining us on this episode of Real Presence Live. And uh, our prayers go out to everybody as they continue to battle the coronavirus pandemic, especially our healthcare professionals. We're standing with you. Stay strong. God bless you. On the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of 